Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen podcast. I am thrilled today to have Jean-Philippe Cyr as my guest. He is a vegan chef with a degree in culinary arts and hands-on experience in some of the best restaurants in Quebec. And he also has traveled extensively, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. With his blogs and cookbooks, he's known in the English world as the Buddhist chef, and some of you with some French abilities may also know him under La Cuisine de Jean-Philippe. He is passionate about sharing everything he's learned to make vegan cooking easy and accessible and tempting to tempting dishes for everybody to eat, whether they are omnivores, carnivores, or all vegan. He has also developed, I find it absolutely fascinating, a new line of ready-to-eat products centered on tofu that are available in grocery stores. They're available in Quebec already, and they're going to be rolling out in Ontario. So this is fantastic news. He has just published a new cookbook. It's called The Buddhist Chef's Homestyle Cooking. And we are going to talk all about that today. Hello, Jean-Philippe. Thank you for being here. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for being here. Thank and you. I have to say, I was reviewing the your new cookbook. And one of my party tricks is that I tell people that my dad was the 13th child of 17. And I see that your mother is one of 16. So I feel that maybe there's something in in your approach to cooking that might also be related to that like big family approach. I Do you think, think there's, there's something, something like that? Right, there's something in the water in Quebec. Because a couple of generations back, there were a huge family. My mother is the eldest of 16. So my uncles and my aunts are two years older than I am. And of course, I tried to, to replicate the, the sharing side of food. Because food is sharing. Especially when I was young. Can you imagine... Christmas parties with 16 kids. Most of them were married, so they had, had cousins, and we were 85 at Christmas. And my grandmother was a very good cook, and so so is my mother. And they took me under their wings, and they, I learned how to cook pretty early in my life. I think I have a picture right here. That's me. Oh. At the age of, I don't know. Maybe I'm four years old. I'm already cooking. I'm already doing like very healthy recipes, as you can see, with white sugar. But I've learned to, to, to cook with my mom. And my mom was a feminist, and she was always telling me, you're not going to depend on a woman to cook your food. So she was like, you're going to learn how to cook and how to do the dishes. Uh, so I learned how to cook at a very young age. That is fantastic. And those were the days when... You would go to people's homes without calling them first, right? And right, people just show up. People just, exactly. show, just show up. But there would be something to eat, right? And that's the kind of hospitality that I certainly miss from my childhood. And also living on the West Coast of Canada, I think that's not, I'm not even sure it ever was a thing here mm -hmm. um, to do that. And there was and, always some yeah. cookies, for example, but homemade cookies. People used to cook a lot more than they do today. So uh, you show up at the place. It's not the same when you have a homemade cookie waiting for you. There, there are love in it. There are you, you take care of people. You, you care enough to cook cookies. And until last week, I cook, I baked cookies for my wife's co-workers. I always I do yoga, I bring cookies. I, I, I don't know if it's because of my brain, but I, I always travel with my cookies. <laughs> 
And it makes people want to go to your house, you know? Makes them <laughs> well, happy. We go to Jean-Philippe's <laughs> house, there's going to be cookies. Okay, let's go. That's tempting. Well, let's, let's talk about the Buddhist chef because that takes us far away from rural, rural Quebec, I'm sure. What's, what's the story behind the Buddhist chef? A few years back, I was very, I got very interested in spirituality and Buddhism. I read a lot of books and I would consume everything on YouTube about Buddhism and also I, I, I had attended a, a few meditation retreats. One meditation retreat was 10 days silent meditation, meditation retreats, which is very hard for me because I like to talk and I'm not very good at meditating either. So it was very challenging for 10 days and the food was amazing was all vegetarian and we would look forward for to eat the food because we weren't, we weren't allowed to to eat in the during the afternoon and during the evening so the last meal would be at noon so the breakfast mm. the next morning i mean the oatmeal was usually oatmeal oatmeal is not i always say i always have oatmeal for breakfast on that way everything you eat during the day is getting better but uh, the oatmeal was very good the recipes on in one of my cookbooks and from then i would i would get very in, interested in buddhism and the no arm philosophy but i would walk, walk out of the meditation retreats and i would uh, take a, i would go to mcdonald's eat a hamburger but i wasn't i wasn't there yet until the day i was asked because i was a, a cook at the time in restaurants i was cooking in restaurants and i was asked to cook a lamb for 400 people at a banquet that was taking place at the funeral home on the countryside sometimes but the only the only place they can they can gather above 200 people is at the funeral home so and this day i made the connection between the animal and the plate there was four i would i pictured 400 lamb there and i would see people just like not even finishing their plates and I was like, those, those animals die for nothing. So I came back home. I told my wife, you know what? We're going to become vegan. And my wife was not into veganism at all. <laughs> she, was, she was, not only she, with that she ate, she would love, she loved meat, but she was a very picky eater as well. So she was like, what are we going to eat? What, what's that? What's that? What's that? What is vegan? First of all, and what's we're gonna gonna die basically. But after a couple of months of perseverance, and I threatened to threaten her to to leave and to leave her and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> like, the happy days when somebody's yes, when like, some someone opens their eyes, all of a sudden it creates a riff you right. didn't know existed in your relationship, right? That's it's, right. It's so really hard. After a couple of months, she became vegan as well which I'm very glad. And I showed her a couple of videos, you know, when you see the right video at the right moment about animal cruelty, I mean, there's no turning back. So she became vegan and she was the one who told me you should do video recipes on Facebook. So I'd, uh, I started to make, to shoot video recipes. My first video was a soup. I called the, uh, I remember it was called the best soup in the world. <laughs> that was my first video. And after a day of, 24 hours that this video had been seen like a thousand times. So I was very like, wow, a thousand times. But 500 of those uh, views were my mom, but you know, it didn't matter. I was ready to, I was very, I, I shot a few more videos and then every week I would put out a new vegan recipes and it just exploded from there. 
What year was that? It's eight years ago, I guess. Two thousand. Well, that's all. Okay. So is that right? Eight years. About the time when you became vegan, like very shortly yes. after. That's right there. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, no, go yeah. ahead. My mom would cook tofu when I was young, you know, but I don't know what's, what was the problem with tofu in the 80s, but it wasn't the same. They would always put like soy sauce and that's it. Maybe ginger, ginger soy sauce. Uh, they would marinate it in and put it in the microwave or in the oven. So it was very, uh, I mean, it, was, it wasn't very good. It never crossed my mind to put tofu in the microwave, but. Maybe right? we'll try with some she soy sauce. The, she had the cookbook cooking with microwave and she's, yeah, she went, she went to a phase where like, the, the microwave was very busy at home. Yes. Well, those were the days. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the same time. And we got our first VCR with a wired remote, right? Oh my God. Yes. They came at the same, the same year in, in our the same household. Age, I guess. The same age. Yes, absolutely. So you were still working in restaurants at the time, right? Yeah. At the time, I was, I was still working in restaurants. But then was, eventually you cooking, went full-time. I, I was specializing in in meat. I was a griardin, so I was the one cooking meat because you have to have a certain expertise to cook meat, to feel the, the steak and to see if it's medium rare. Or... But I couldn't do it anymore, so I quit my job. And my wife, was the. she told me, like, I'm going to take care of the bills. Try it if you like to do your recipes and your vegan stuff. And I remember at first people were like, yeah, but I mean, you have a lot of views on YouTube and Facebook. You're very popular, but you don't make any money. I said, yes, but when you try to make money, you don't make money. When you do it for passion and at one point you're going to make money. And of course, the publisher reached out and we, we, we made a cookbook and now I have four cookbooks. It's not bad. It helps. That's for sure. Yeah. Such a cool story. So in other, I mean, obviously Buddhist food is, is vegan, but is there something else from the, from Buddhism that you carry into your food and, and approach to <clears throat> cooking today? I mean, Buddhism and veganism share common value, which is uh, compassion, compassion towards animals, of course, but also towards the environment. Because our meat consumption is very detrimental to the environment. So it goes hand in hand with Buddhism, the no, no harm, no harm, the compassion. And I personally, I'm vegan for the animals. I think it's the best reason. <laughs> no, it's not a contest, but they say that people that become vegan for the animals stay vegan longer, according to a survey. But there are no bad reasons to become vegan of course it's going to help your your health i had blood drawn two weeks ago and my doctor told me she never saw such good results and she's been the doctor for like four months five months now so <laughs> no, but seriously she told me that wow she was amazed not even not even anemia or anything she was ready for b12 everything is fine i mean and it's funny because Every summer I organize, I have to gather vegans together because we, we don't have friends, we have no friends. So I have to, I like to bring people together and we go camping every summer for two years now. That's our third year. And this summer we were 150 vegans in the wood. Not everybody was vegan. One of my friends is not vegan. He was, 
he was there because he was one of my friends. And the, the, first, the only person that couldn't finish the, the hike was my friend who was not vegan. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Everybody would finish the hike, but, but my friend who's not vegan. And there, there was people from every age and every, everybody was like, everybody was healthy. It's so fantastic. I just love, love to hear this so much. And I think there's so many people that don't even eat one or two portions of vegetables every day. So no wonder that people who start with the veggies and the beans and the are going to be better. Exactly. The problem is the fiber as well. Most of Canadians don't eat the required, the, the half of the required fiber intake, uh, daily intake, most of Canadians. And they say that vegans eat twice as much fiber as the uh, general population. I mean, there are a lot of fiber. There, no, there are no fibers in, fiber in, in, in meat. People or think, in dairy or in eggs or anything. That's right. It's just, right. I mean, in vegetables and legumes and beans. And, I mean, so healthy. It's the best. So right. let's talk about what makes a satisfying vegan meal. A lot of what your, of what your cookbooks are about and your recipes are about either comfort food or family food, making, making vegan food, not just healthy, although that's nice, but really feel satisfying. Tell my audience what they can do to make their families or their, their loved ones meals that they cook for them more satisfying. I would say that make sure that there are enough uh, protein. Because sometimes people forget the protein. They just they think that vegan. Oh, I'm gonna remove the chicken and I'm gonna have vegetables and rice. No, it's not like that. You have to, to replace the protein with the vegetable protein, like beans or tofu, or and make sure there are enough protein because that's that's what makes it very uh, satisfying. A lot of fiber, a lot of diversity, a lot of color, and a good sauce. What I learned in my cooking classes when I because I studied in cooking. The sauce makes the dish. I learned, I, I learned French cuisine with French chefs. And the French, they're very good at with the sauces. It's always oh, a piece of meat with the sauce and that's it. So, for example, in most of, in my cookbooks, I have tofu, but with mustard, creamy sauce, or red wine sauce, or mushroom sauce, or especially with tofu, you have to, to help it a little bit, because otherwise... It can be bland, but I have a secret as well with tofu. You have to dice it or to slice it and to coat it in cornstarch and to fry it in a little bit of oil gets crispy, changes the texture. Because sometimes people, they say they don't like tofu. It's not the taste. I mean, it's pretty bland. It's the texture. It, makes, it tastes like chewy. But if you do it, you coat it in cornstarch and fry it in a bit, little bit of oil, it gets, I mean, it's funny because... A woman wrote me, emailed me. She was like, I never told my kids that I replaced the chicken with diced tofu in my cheddar sauce chicken. And now my daughter is always asking for diced chicken. <laughs> so she tried my technique of coating in cornstarch and whatever. And uh, now she's, everybody eats tofu and they don't even know it. That's another trick. You don't have to tell your family that it's vegan. There are 575 million vegetarians in India. They don't make a big deal every time they eat vegetarian food. It's like, it's a food. It's food. That's it. I love that. And 
you know, pers- I'm the only person on the planet, perhaps, who actually loves tofu, like the way it is. But yeah. I think what you're getting at is that <clears throat> there's a difference in texture. There's the crispy outside and the softer inside and different, depending on the type of tofu, the difference will be different. <laughs> but right. that's what makes it, I think, more satisfying. You were talking about diversity, having these different experiences, feelings in your mouth when you eat. Might that be what, be. What's, what's that? It has to be familiar as well. When you, if you want your family to eat more plant, plant-based diet, don't start with the most spicy curry that they've never tasted. Start to, with, you can replace ground beef in your spaghetti sauce with ground tofu. If you're not so chicken, you make it with tofu. Shepherd's pie with lentils. So it's familiar. So they're not scared. They taste it. They oh, it tastes good. It's the same spaghetti sauce. It's the same sauce. It's the same recipe. You just replace the meat with tofu. And we always eat the same thing. So Thursday, it's spaghetti. From now on, it's going to be vegan spaghetti. So you have one vegan meal a week already. General sauce tofu, another one. So you have to... You don't have to learn 100 recipes. You just learn 10 recipes and it's coming, it's coming back. Yes, I'm the one that goes around telling people you only need five recipes or maybe right. three recipes. That's and true. that doesn't stop me from buying cookbooks. <laughs> but it's, it's interesting to see how many variations you can do on this. Mm-hmm. But you're right. People eat the same thing all the time. Right. We don't actually want that much diversity oh and people think that vegan diet you don't have you don't have diversity it's the the standard american diet that that's lacking on the diversity look at restaurants it's always burger pizza uh, chicken burger pizza chicken people always eat the same thing i've never had never had such a diverse diet in my you know since i became vegan you, we've been talking about tofu, but you mentioned going a little bit more exotic. And I need to ask you about tempeh. And I will quote, this one's in French, but I'm, I'm sure you've said that in English as well. A couple quotes from your cookbooks. The tempeh, tempeh is like tofu that has been to college. Right. I like that one. But you also say tempeh is like toothpaste. It's good for you, but it's better not to swallow it. And I have to say that in my family, in my kitchen, I, I love tempeh. If I go to an Indonesian restaurant and I have it there, it's good. There's even a little local tempeh company in Vancouver that has samples at the farmer's market. And I have it there. I'm like, oh, it's so good. I can't make it at home. And once or twice a year, I try. And actually, I used to try once or twice a year. And it would be like, oh, what am I doing? And then my husband, my husband is so supportive and always so grateful of all my cooking. And he would make the face of like, oh, thank you for dinner. (laughs) That clearly says, can we not have tempeh ever again? So please educate me on tempeh. And let's talk about the mixed feelings maybe even you have about You know, they say say that never trust someone who says he loves tempeh. Because what else is he gonna lying about? <laughs> like people who like who say they like black coffee, they say don't trust them because it's not good. So what else are they lying about? But, but you're using tempeh a lot, even in the new book, I like which is it. yeah, yeah I make so, a lot of jokes so about what tempeh. is it? 
tempeh, I mean, you have, first you have to try different brands, different brands of tempeh. It's not all, it's not, tofu it tastes the same pretty much, but tempeh, you change brands, some brands are, are more like, has more like a very strong taste, some are, are more subtle. You have uh, beans tempeh, you have different type of tempeh. And I went to a couple of high-end restaurants and they have those very fancy tempeh, like uh, poison, yellow piece tempeh. And it's getting very popular in high-end cuisine now. But at really? home... Really? Yes. At home, you have to boil it first. That's my trick. Otherwise, if, if you have a recipe where it asks that it poaches in, in, in uh, liquid, you don't have to boil it. But if you want to grill it on the, the barbecue or whatever, you have to boil it for 10 minutes, get rid of the water, and it, it's, it, you make sure that it's cooked through. Because if you put it on the barbecue for 10 minutes, and if it's not cooked through, ten, raw tempeh is not... Cooked tempeh is not good, imagine raw tempeh. So this, if the center is still <laughs> raw, I mean... Your 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 guests are not never gonna come back, but you have to use maple syrup. You have to use liquid smoke. You have to use soy sauce. You have to you have you have to to to, to make you know to be aggressive with that. But why go through all that trouble? Like because is it's, it worth a, it's it? a super. I mean, it's a fermented food. It's a fermented food. That's why it looks so gross. It's because it's <laughs> fermented. And if you have tried to make tempeh at home. Oh my God, if you think that commercial tempeh has a strong taste, try to make it at home and you're going to, I mean, I tried twice and never succeed because at one point it just, it's, it ferments too much and it gets the, the strong, the, the taste just gets too strong, but it's very rich in protein and rich in calcium, rich in fiber. Tofu doesn't have any, any fiber, but tempeh, it's made with the whole bean. So it's rich in fiber, very rich in protein. And it's low in calories. It has, I mean, it's a superfood, but maybe sometimes superfood, I mean, they're not super tasty. <laughs> what are your favorite ways to use tempeh? Tempeh bacon with liquid smoke, maple syrup, very easy to make. Slice it thin and the dragon ball on my website with a very good nutritional yeast sauce. It is amazing. This Dragon Ball, wow. And that's like a, kind of a golden sauce, right? With the nutritional right, yeast and a little bit sauce. of tahini, maybe? I can't remember tahini, what's in that recipe. You have soy sauce, a lot of nutritional yeast, maple syrup. You can't go wrong with that one. It's This sauce, you can drink it like this. I mean, you can serve it with tofu, with anything. But uh, with tempeh, you have to have a strong tasting sauce to balance tempeh. Otherwise... It's not gonna taste like like nothing. If you just take tempeh, you put lemon juice on it. I mean, it's you know, not recommended. Not make it. <laughs> try. It. Okay, so I will I will try again and get back to you. Keep me posted about how it goes. We'll see. We'll see. Something that's new in your in your new cookbook in English is that you're using. I noticed impossible meat and some vegan cheeses and that's kind of a new thing because i found in the earlier books it was pretty much everything from scratch or as you were mentioning if you're making a vegan bolognese spaghetti sauce then it would be using lentils for example so how did that come about and how's it going with yourself and your audience 
I mean, times are changing. When I became vegan nine years ago, there was nothing in the supermarket, just plain tofu, a couple of vegan cheese, a couple of seitan. But nowadays, I mean, you have all of these vegan sausages. I have my own brand of food here in Quebec, which I have smoked tofu, for example, which is very useful. If you have a smoked tofu, it brings flavor to the dish. I have a seitan daily made with to, to make sandwiches. And seitan, it's gluten flour, spices, that's about it. So it's very rich in protein, low in fat, it's very healthy. And okay, Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger is not as healthy as tofu, that's for sure. But it's, it's better for the environment, that's for sure. It generates 85% less greenhouse gas emissions to produce than beef. So, and we, let's not compare, you know, Beyond Meat and an apple, for example. Let's compare Beyond Meat with ground beef. And if you look at the, the impact of, of the environmental impact of beef, it's a disaster for the environment. It's not healthier than beef, that's for sure. But it's a, it's a healthier choice for the environment and for the animals, of course. And I mean, why not as a vegan, go to the supermarket and buy ground beef or product that's that looks like chicken to, to, to prepare a recipe. I mean, those those guys who, who cook, uh, who write cookbooks with chicken, they don't, you don't ask them to, to prepare their chicken. To grow to the chicken, to raise the, the chicken. chicken. They just, oh, they go to the supermarket and they buy chicken. So why not in my cookbook include a recipe with a vegan cheese, for example? I mean, what's wrong with threading a lasagna with vegan cheese? You don't have to make your cheese. I have a recipe for cheese. If you want to make your cheese, I have a lot of recipes for cheese that are, are very good on YouTube and everywhere on my cookbooks. But if you want to, if you're busy, weeknights, vegan cheese is a very good option. Very good for better for the animals. So I was aware that you had ready-to-eat dishes that you've created, and I've seen them in grocery stores when I, I visited in Quebec. I wasn't aware of the all the other stuff that you've been working on. So tell me a little bit what it's like to create those products, to get them in stores. What's your experience been like? It's uh, challenging because there's a difference between a cookie, making one, one portion of something and making 5,000 portions of something. So you have to make sure that it's going to be good even the, the 500th time you make it. And you have to be, in my case, clean labeled. It means that I don't want to, to add preservatives and coloring and food. It, it has to be quite simple. Like it's the recipes. Those are the recipes that are my cookbooks. I go there with those developers and I cook my recipes and I say, look at this. That's the recipes. That's what it tastes like. And of course, they're going to change the cornstarch for another cornstarch probably but the basic basically it's the same same recipe and if you work on tofu for example i work i'm working on smoked tofu maple smoked tofu and it's always like i have 10 tofus more more maple less maple more salt less salt just just to, to decide the, the, the quantity of, of maple it's very challenging because you don't have don't want to have too much, don't want to do less, but it's, it's, I mean, it's very challenging, but it's, 
it's it's a passion for me because now I feel like I change people's lives at another level because they show up at the grocery store instead of picking chicken or whatever, they, they take tofu, they cook with my tofu or with my seitan, and that's convenient. Because people, they like to cook, but they don't like to spend two hours in the kitchen on you know, the nights. So it has to be easy to go vegan. And it's getting very, it's getting easier. What's been the experience of working with like the, the big grocery store owners, like the big chains? Like how easy were they to convince that this is something that was needed? It's them that called me in the first place. I love so it. So they approached me because they, they, were like, they were like, oh, veganism, wow, it's getting very popular. Who's, who's the chef, the vegan chef? Uh, okay, let's, let's call him. So they called me and I was like, of course, I, can, I would like to make a prêt à manger, ready to eat. And so now they call me uh, regularly and they're like, do we have another project? Do you have another... Do you, you, why won't, why don't you make pizza? Why don't you make uh, sandwiches? Why don't you make uh, so it's all on it's, it takes a long time to develop a product, but they're very enthusiastic and they're very nice IGA so base and they always they came to my their fans because they came to my book lounge here in Quebec and they make they make me sign their books and stuff so they're very they're very nice people it's, it's important for me to work with nice people that's I mean, at my age, I don't want to work with people that I don't, that I hate. So now I, I choose my, I choose carefully who I'm working with. I love this. And I like to think that when you're changing minds at that level, like when the grocery store executives are starting to think, well, actually, so these are selling, that's good. It's lining, it's making a profit. So that's, that's a good thing. But that they personally start to like this, I think it's, moving the movement forward yes oh. and they put the very they, they very eager to promote it they put me on television my 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 products on television when they're for christmas and they, they really highlight vegan products which is a very good thing i think because there are a lot of products products in supermarkets you know that's great news and it warms my heart so i'm going mm -hmm. to take that home and and be happy about it but there's something else I have to, this, this book is priceless for <laughs> anybody with some command of French and an appreciation for Quebecois humor. I think, I think it's a must have, but, and, and you've been, I mean, Quebec has a big culture of humor and you've been uh, a very strong participant in that. But so I, I have to quote, first of all, I mean, there's a centerfold. Uh, is yes, there a centerfold in the translated centerfold. version of this? I have to move over here so people can see. I mean, who wouldn't want to buy this cookbook? But so there's this excellent quote here that says, vegan means no meat, no fish, no eggs, no dairy products, and no friends. Tell me a little bit more about that. You know that I have a conference in French and uh, I do it like for uh, banks and online and for, for, and at one point they're like, is he serious or is he not serious with the, the, the no friends? And I'm, I'm always uh, not joking around with, with the vegan uh, stereotype and that's the self-deprecating. And people like this. When you think of a vegan, even myself, I think as a vegan, I think as someone angry, someone who's always going to try to, to, to shame you and, you know. Righteous, self-righteous. Uh, that's right. So 
when you you show up and you're like jogging around and you make fun of yourself, people think it's funny and they they're like, oh my god, okay, it's, it's cool, okay, it's nice. So we can let me let me check your recipes, you know. And people like to laugh. I mean, it's vegan, not vegan, whatever. People like to laugh. If it's a good joke, they're gonna they're gonna laugh about it. But every every joke has a kernel of truth, one might say. And I I mean, I've personally experienced because. As we were talking at the very beginning, good food has been such a big family tradition and having friends over, sharing meals. Even I think at the beginning of um, my vegan journey, my husband freaked out, kind of like your wife, uh, because food was the thing we had in common. Like we both, like he also comes from a tradition, not such big families, but a tradition of sharing really good meals. His mom is a super cook. So I was like, oh my God, like, what are we going to do? This is going to inconvenience other people people fearing conflict and like social discomfort and even to this day i mean covid has kind of thrown a wrench into all of my hosting plans and we're just even now slowly getting better at it but it can still be kind of awkward when you want to invite friends over for dinner and they know you're vegan and they're like oh what's gonna happen so do you have any tips to get over that i try to veganize popular dish. What I miss the most is uh, fried calamari. When I went, when I wasn't vegan, I would always, have, if there was some fried calamaris on the menu, I would order it. And now I make fried calamari with hearts of palm. And it's been so long since I had real fried calamari that I, I think it tastes the same but I always do it with my wife because my wife she didn't chose this lifestyle she chose it after me so she's like oh I missed the time when I was eating uh, fish and blah 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 she wouldn't eat fish anymore of course but she was like I wish I could just had tried more dishes before I became vegan and blah 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 and then I make fish and chips vegan fish and chips and I try to, to, to make the same dishes, but the vegan version, it, it's, most of the times, it's as good as the, the original. It's crazy. Or better. Or better, hopefully. That's just fantastic. So that's, you're going to try to match your guests' culinary preferences with the veganized version? Is that what you like yes, to do? Yes, and in my cookbooks, okay, I have a very I have simple recipes, but... Make sure that you can serve those recipes when you have guests over. That's very important for me. The taste is there. It's not. I'm not a nutritionist, so I worked in restaurants, so I'm very aware of it has to taste good. It has to taste good. Even tofu, even tempeh, it has to taste good, if it's possible. <laughs> it is possible. It is possible to make tofu and tempeh taste good. And I encourage everyone to look at your cookbook. And as I was saying earlier, I'm the person who goes around telling folks, you do not need recipes to cook. You just need to know how to make soup and stir fries and things. And certainly for weeknights, that's the case. But in my off moments, I also tell people, maybe on Saturday night, pick out a cookbook. Invite a couple friends and try cooking a few of the different recipes. And I strongly encourage you to look out for Jean-Philippe's new book. It just came out and it is called The Buddhist Chef's Homestyle Cooking. You have some others. Oh, there it is. There we go. Yes. Thank Homestyle you. Homestyle Cooking. It's a lovely book. 
and lots of inspiring recipes in there to not even just accommodate, but even wow your friends uh, with some really awesome, wholesome food that will come from a place of love when you share it with them. Sure. Thank you so much for being here, Jean-Philippe. Thank you. Thank you so much.